Welcome to the Airy Wellbeing Podcast, where we explore all things mental health, well-being, and healing through the lens of our own experiences as Black people and children of Eritrean immigrants. Our goal is to normalize the mental health conversation in our community, empower and raise awareness so that you can better understand your mental health from a place of curiosity and compassion. We are your hosts. I'm Ruthie. And I'm Miki. And we're so happy that you're here with us. Let's get started. Thank you for tuning in to the Airy Wellbeing Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and sign up to our monthly newsletter. Links are in the show notes. If you like this episode, share it with a friend. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so that we can keep spreading the word about mental health and well-being in our communities together. Until next time, be well. Be well. Welcome back to the Airy Wellbeing Podcast. This is Ruthie from Team Airy Wellbeing. We have our very first wellness edition of this podcast today with an expert in this field from this community. Um, she is a certified yoga instructor. She's had a really interesting journey when it comes to her own health, which has uh, shifted kind of how, her outlook on health and her lifestyle. Her name is Waini Simon, also known as Yoga with Waini on Instagram. Um, you probably have heard of her. She's been really busy during this Corona times, offering the community a lot of um, free uh, yoga sessions and just like been on IG Live with different people from the community, pushing in a lot of good energy in the community around like yoga, wellness and restoration. Uh, Wayne is joining us from Stockholm today where she lives. She'll be talking to us about the power of breathing, the importance of breathing and how we can use breath work to thrive when it comes to our health and in general. And we think this is really important in general, but also specifically during these times where some of us might be experiencing limitation in terms of how we can like socialize and like being anxious around the news and like what's happening with the pandemic and so on. So kind of bringing it back to a fundamental um, function in our body that can really help us regulate our health and wellness. So we're really thrilled to have her here and to dig into this topic. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Every Wellbeing Show, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. A bit nervous, but equally excited. Um, this is my very first podcast, so a bit nervous, but I'm very, very happy to be here today. Yeah, no, this is going to be a great conversation. And um, I think a good place to start could just be, you know, giving us a little bit of a background. Like, who is Wayne? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What do you do or what did you do before um, kind of getting into yoga? So yeah, tell us a little bit more about you. So I grew up in Sweden, which is also where I live today. Um, 
I um, left Sweden when I was 1920 to study in the UK, where I took a degree in international business. I moved back in 2011, I think, to pursue a career in institutional banking, which I did for about almost 10 years. So I worked with um, a lot of different banks in the States, in the UK, and in Africa. So that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years. Right. That's really interesting and kind of like an interesting segue into how you got into health, like in terms of coming from this like background of having worked in like, you know, banking and then pivoted to go into health and wellness. And I'm sure you probably still have a foot in that world, but it seems from uh, our conversations and just kind of seeing you launch Yoga with Wayne this year that now you're putting a lot of emphasis on like yoga, health and wellness. Like how did that happen? Definitely. Um, I think it's been a long journey, but I, I really liked my job. Like, but it came with a lot of stress and I had to find ways to deal with that stress. Uh, what initially drawn me to yoga was that I developed a really bad posture very early in my life. Uh, I developed very, very early and I started you know, covering myself up. So I started getting really rounded shoulders and around the back. And in the office environment as well, you know, working in front of the computer, um, I started you know, developing a really bad posture and people mentioned and recommended yoga. So that's what initially got me drawn to yoga. But as I started practicing yoga, I realized it was a very, very powerful practice which was good for my well-being. I was developing strength. Um, I was stretching. I was learning how to breathe. But the real difference there was that I was practicing yoga at gyms, so you don't get the full-blown practice at the gyms. Like, you would get that in the studio. So it became very different when I started practicing in the studio and when I got my teacher's training. So that's uh, basically what got me into yoga, my stressful job, um, my bad posture, and um, yeah. So yoga, I think that was the door to get into wellness. And what we consider to be yoga here in the Western world is just a small part of what yoga really, really is. So yoga in the Western world is just like the physical practice which is only like one eighth of what yoga really, really is. So meditation, for instance, that's yoga. Pranayama, which are different breathing techniques, that's also yoga. Niyama and yama, that's like the life philosophy part, which is also yoga. So it's, it's a real lifestyle. But when we see yoga in, in the Western world, that's just like the physical aspect of it, what we do on the mat. So learning all these different techniques has really changed my outlook on life way I approach things, the way I show up for myself, the way I show up in the world today. Uh, it's been very, very... I mean, it's interesting because I think both you and I follow Afro Yoga by Angie. Is that... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that I started learning a little bit from her because I, I don't do yoga necessarily, but I'm interested in like the kind of breathing aspect of it. And I'm interested in doing yoga too. I just haven't gotten into it. But... Mm -hmm. um. 
from her, I've learned kind of the same things that you're saying that like here in the West, it's all about the physical, like kind of power yoga, mm -hmm. like an exercise version of yoga, whereas the yoga that she teaches and obviously that you teach as well is more focused on like, you know, holistic like wellness and it's not so much about physically physical exertion you know mm -hmm. actually some of the movements are more calming and restorative more so yeah. physically challenging mm -hmm. yeah i think energy practices um kemetic yoga which is like yeah. an egyptian like the original yoga style which is a lot more into breathing techniques and uh, not as physical maybe yeah um, it's, it's a very interesting style of yoga and very, very spiritual. But definitely, um, the way I was taught yoga in India, when I went to India, was that um, the practice is very individual. Like when you get into a yoga class, you're not meant to look at anyone else. It's just your relationship with the mat. Forget about everyone else. Uh, modify your practice as you need. If you can't do certain things, if you feel tired, if you feel dizzy, it's fine to just do child pose for the remaining time um, and just breathe, just practice your breathing. And if you're not breathing, you're not doing yoga. I keep reminding people about this. So the breath is a crucial, crucial part of yoga. Yeah. So if you just start doing different poses, that's just a fitness class. That's not yoga. So if everyone is doing like this incredible flow and all you're doing is a child pose and you're breathing, that's still yoga. I mean, that's so interesting because for like, um, so I've practiced like also yoga throughout the years in like gyms, but that's why I don't say like I've practiced yoga. I've like, I've done classes here and there, but like those were like, we're saying like very kind of exercise driven. And for mm -hmm. me, I always felt like, but we'll, we'll get into this when it comes to the breathing, breathing, because I hold my breath a lot in general, in many different situations, <laughs> which is super bad. But like in those sessions, I always felt like the physical aspect of it, of getting into a certain pose, like, you know, mm -hmm. and then the breathing part of it is like two huge components that you mm -hmm. put together, but they're hard. It's hard. It's hard to like get into I don't know like a warrior pose one in like the correct form and then mm -hmm. also focus on like breathing like let's say through your nose but then mm -hmm. also like breathing regularly and breathing in a way that makes you feel connected like I have struggled a lot with that so for yeah. me, I think it's very interesting the way that you say I mean these are like actually different components you know to actually give them the space that they deserve mm -hmm. It's very, very hard. Um, and we call that vinyasa means synchronize your breath with the movement. And that's like the key in yoga. You want to synchronize your breath with the movement and flow. And if you're not doing that, if you're just holding your breath, then I think that you should just, just go back to basics, maybe child pose, find your breath again, and then come back up on the mat. And you shouldn't really care about what everyone else is doing around you. Just focus on your own breath and modify your practice. Um, we all have different prerequisites, and I think it's really, really important to talk about that. Um, we don't know what everyone else has been or been doing with their lives. Some of us had kids. Some people have had a lot of trauma. Some people have worked in offices for a long time. Um, some people are bodybuilders. Like We can't compare ourselves uh, on the mat, right? So for some people, it will be very, very easy to find their breath and to flow in a yoga class. And for some people who will really, really struggle. Some people might have very tight hips and won't be able to go down to a split. 
and um, some people will struggle with down dog and it's fine it's just it's just really really important to remove your ego when you're in that class and just find your breath and find your own flow and forget about everyone else I think that's so interesting that because I was thinking that I was thinking ego as you were describing all these things when Mm -hmm. you go into this mode of like and I've definitely been there myself you go into this you know yoga whatever setting any any type of setting where you're just like all these people and they're doing it in a great way they're getting into all of these poses and you're just I'm just like stumbling falling over and then you get into like the ego of wanting to do it well versus being connected with your body and I just like that's so harmful because for me like just the paradox between ego and wellness like there should be no ego and wellness it should just really be about your own personal journey without comparing it to anybody else's so I think that's I'm glad that you mentioned that that it's important that we remove ego from our individual like wellness journeys and I think I mean that's a huge topic in itself but a good way could be kind of like what you said is like don't compare your journey to anybody else's yeah and that goes for like your practice on the mat and your everyday life as well right so what I've learned in yoga that's something that I practice in my day-to-day life as well and it's hard you know to remove your ego because you know at times it's hard to do a push-up in class and then you have to do it modify that and and use your knees instead and it's just understanding that today I'm not going to be able to do 52 chaturangas in my ashtanga class it's just you know learning to listen to your body understanding yourself and understanding what you need today so that's um, a crucial part of yoga as well, like um, self-acceptance and learning to understand yourself and what you need that day. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. And what would you say, because you've kind of talked about like how yoga now, since so you were in India and you trained, you've got your like, you know, you're, certi- you're a certified yoga instructor. I love seeing, uh, like, you guys should go to her account, Yoga with Waini, where you can see all the beautiful pictures of, like, her training and the ceremonies. It's really some beautiful stuff. But um, I'm interested to, to understand that now with this holistic understanding of yoga that you have, that you've gained, what are some of the key lifestyle changes that you've made, like, on a more practical level? I think I show up to my, for myself a lot more today. Um, I realized that I lived a lot for people. Like I was showing up a lot more for people, but today I show up more for myself. I listen to myself. I try to understand what I need. Like my needs come first, because if I don't show up for myself, I can't show up for other people, right? If I'm not loving myself properly, then I can't love the people around me. Mm. That has changed everything. Also, um, learning to trust the process. Once you trust the process and surrender to the process, and the universe, like, amazing things happens. I've, I think I've rushed a lot of things in my life. But today I'm just like, you know, for instance, with my yoga practice, I've just, I'm just really, really committed to it. I do it every day and I see, like, the progress is amazing. But it's just because I've trusted the process and committed to it. And it will take however long it will take to get, reach a certain state stage uh, when it comes to my yoga practice but just learning to trust the process enjoying the process and living in the moment Um, I struggle at times but it has changed a lot for me to just have that sort of outlook on life and in my everyday life 
I mean, this is a little bit of a segue because we haven't really gone into the topic that we're going to talk about today, but I think that's so important. So as you know, like I'm really into um, strength training, bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. That's like my practice at the mm-hmm. moment that I'm focusing on. And I think that part around removing ego and secondly, trusting the process is so important. Mm-hmm. Trusting and then enjoying the process, like showing up for your daily process with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is so important because we can get when it comes to like our wellness journey we can and it's no surprise because in today's world we're very materialistic we're very focused on like outward appearance right yeah but it's people we can get into some of these things for the wrong reasons or we want to fast track to the results like we want to be like oh well this person practices yoga and they look like this you know mm-hmm. but not taking into account your individual kind of starting points your generic genetic heritage your body composition type your you know trauma illnesses all of these things right Mm -hmm. your individual kind of starting point and I think for me because I've struggled a lot with developing a wellness practice and it took me to um, hit the wall and experience burnout to really get to a point where I was just like I need to remove the ego and I need to submit to making this just a part of my life, a way of like a joyful discipline. This Mm -hmm. is how I take care of myself. I'm not always going to love it, but I know that I'm like doing it for me, right? Mm -hmm. And the aesthetic part is definitely there to a degree, right? But for me, it's more like, okay, I can't think about that too much. But what I can do is like think about uh, my my gym sessions this week. And I'm going to make sure that I enjoy them. And I'm mm-hmm. sure I celebrate that I like this morning, I went to the gym, maybe not the best session, but I did it. I did what I said I was going to do for myself. And mm-hmm. just that is a practice in itself, you know, of showing up for the things that are within your control. And I mm-hmm. think that's like, yeah. And part of that is trusting the process by saying like, hey, I'm doing like 1% better or more every day. And that's mm-hmm. going to accumulate. I'm going to get stronger, fitter, healthier, healthier over time so I think that's super important and you will have setbacks sometimes you will have bad days and that's just a part of the process right yeah exactly and like the process is not linear and and I think we have to understand that as well how do you deal with setbacks I think I deal with it a lot better today like for instance um, I have this goal that I want to be able to do a handstand and I've been like practicing it every day. And then yesterday, I'm very careful with my wrist. I always do like a wrist warm up, for instance. And yesterday, this is a minor setback, but yeah. So yesterday I felt a lot of pain in my wrist and I was like, okay, I can't practice it, but I wanna practice it. And I was like, okay, I just have to modify this practice because this is a part of the process that when I push myself this hard, my body will say no, right? And I have to modify my practice in accordance with that. Um, but I try to, whenever I have setbacks today, like I try to learn from it and I try to think that this is part of the process. And with my goals, like whatever the goal is, in order to achieve that goal, I need to be, I need to be a person and achieve that goal, right? Yeah. And all of the things that I encounter throughout the process are helping me and supporting me to become that person when I reach that goal. So... I I, yeah. I deal with setbacks a lot better today and I try to learn from them. And yeah, it's just a part of the process and a part of trusting the process. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I think, I think that's so important to remove ourselves from like perfectionism and just think about it as like a joyful discipline. And the overall goal is if we want to improve our health, then we need to show up for all the mini steps to that. And um, so, so tell us a little bit about your platform, Yoga with Waini. How, how, do you, how do you practice yoga in community today? Um, well, I started a page after I was in India. I was in India in March. So I was doing my teacher's training there for about four weeks. Um, so I did 200 hours of yoga in four weeks. Yeah, it's, it was very, very intense. Um, it was emotionally, physically, mentally uh, challenging, to say the least. But um, and then after that, I went for a little holiday and needed to relax. I went to Sri Lanka and I was able to come back home. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a challenge to come home as Corona broke out and this was end of March. So when I came back home, um, I started this Instagram page. And for me, it was really about like even when I was in India and when I've been to yoga studios, here in Sweden, there are very few people that look like you and me. There's a very stereotypical yogi, right? And I wanted to be able to share the knowledge that I gained in India. And I thought that a lot of people in the community can benefit from it. So it wasn't that serious in the beginning. Like I was just trying to have fun with it. And I wanted to share my journey as well. What I did in India, what I learned in India, but also my day-to-day -day practice and I started doing different things on the page like quizzes and asking people and sharing my journey and then eventually I also started with the classes which are called back to basics and it's very very beginner friendly and I wanted to invite people that don't necessarily do yoga or find it intimidating to go to a yoga studio or a yoga class mm -hmm. so that they could do it in the comfort of their own home and it's been a lot of fun and a lot of people that don't expect people to, to practice yoga have been practicing yoga and been asking questions. And it's, it's been a really, really nice thing. I learned a lot throughout this process as well uh, by engaging with people and receiving feedback after each class. It's, it's, been, it's been good. It's been fun. No, it's been because I, I, I think I joined one of your earliest, one of your first sessions. And again, like I'm like complete newbie when it comes to yoga. So it was actually really nice and restorative. And I felt that I was like the pace was perfect for somebody that's like just starting. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And I think more than anything, I just wanted to celebrate the fact that you have been offering you know, your, your yoga offering to the community in different ways is during a very difficult time, which I think also goes back to, you know, like the, the wellness, like, and I really believe about like wellness as like a community thing. Like we, as much as we work on our individual health and wellness, we need mm -hmm. to be able to uplift our communities within that. And the representation part is so important because we're both here in Sweden where there's, like you said, there's very few people Mm -hmm. in this space that looks like us so you being in this space is like so mm -hmm. important you know to be like yoga is also for you know us as african diaspora yoga is also for black people and this is like there's a there's a different way to do it versus this like hyper westernized way of doing it and i think 
I, I just think it's very important that you are in this space and that you're sharing everything. You've done so many collaborations with like different people from the community, bodybuilders, um, and I, with Maya Health, with the Winters platform. Yeah. And you like on so many, so many collaborations and IG lives. And I was like, and you're offering it for free. And I think that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And I've, I've received a lot of support from the community as well. Um, I've been overwhelmed uh, by the by the support and like people just writing to me and being grateful that I'm offering this and liking what I'm posting. So this is also like motivation for me to continue the support that I've received. So it, it's an, it's a really nice journey and I'm really grateful that I've been able to do this this year. Yeah, um, especially throughout these times. It's amazing. So. Um, we've kind of talked around it, but let's jump straight into the topic of today. So we've called this episode, The Power of Breathing. Mm -hmm. The reason why I wanted to uh, talk about this is, I'll just give a little bit of background, is that obviously we all understand how important important it is to breathe. I've heard it from so many different sources, like even in in, in like strength training, in everyday life, when we're stressed, um, when we're giving birth, like so many different scenarios in life, but it's just like a very basic functionality that I think a lot of us don't use properly. Mm-hmm. If we were to learn how to breathe properly, I think it could increase our like health and wellness. And in our pre-recording chat, I shared with you, I was like, well, I just tend to like hold my breath a lot, especially when I need to focus. <laughs> and this is like somebody I'm like deep into wellness. I get it. I meditate and when I meditate, I breathe very deeply and like three deep breaths really changes so much for me. But Mm -hmm. when I need to focus or if I'm doing like a power lift in the gym, I just like hold my breath or like if somebody like I'm I'm trying to focus on something or some news just comes through. And then I I realized I was like, I hold my breath or I do very shallow breathing from like my upper chest and above very short So despite having the information and like the knowledge, that just made me realize that it's like breathing properly. We need the information, the tools, and we need to like practice it consistently. That it's really like a practice. So we wanted to talk to you about the the importance of breathing properly and how that can support our overall health and wellness. So maybe a good place to start could be what are some like misconceptions, common misconceptions about breathing? Hmm. Well, I mean, breathing is something that we do unconsciously, right? Um, like blinking or, or talking or whatever, like we do it unconsciously. And for instance, the nose is meant for breathing and smelling and the mouth is um, meant for eating, drinking and talking. But a lot of us, 40 to 50% of us, breathe throughout, through our mouth which is really, really bad. That's not how we are meant to breathe. Mm. Um, so just a thing like that. And a lot of us breathe with our chest, um, shallow breathing. Uh, we only use the upper part of our lungs, which is called vertical breathing as well. And we're meant to use our belly when we breathe, mm. which is really, really important. Um, and by breathing like... By using shallow breathing, like it has a severe impact on, on our health. And I don't think a lot of people understand that breathing is such an important cornerstone of our health. It's like the key. That with gut health. 
those two things I think people underestimate. So if you can get your breathing in check, then that will change your life. Um, when you start, like by breathing this, um, by shallow breathing, you can cause uh, impact on your body. Like you can get really around the shoulders. You will have a lot of pressure on your neck, on your chest. Um, you can, uh, your body's in a constant state of stress when you breathe like that, right? So you're only using a small capacity of your lungs. And by breathing like this, your body is in constant stress. Uh, you can get panic attacks, uh, depression, headaches, uh, all of these uh, type of things. But if you use abdominal breathing or um, belly breathing, that can reduce your um, blood pressure, your heart rate, uh, you're more conscious and aware, um, you're less stressed. Um, so by just breathing properly, that can really, really change your life. And do you think, I mean, there seems to be like uh, a lot of great benefits with like learning to breathe properly. Do you think that most people are aware of how they're breathing? No, I don't think so. Just the thing that, you know, when you breathe properly, you're meant to inhale through your nose and your belly is meant to expand. And then when you exhale, your belly is meant to contract. I should do that right now. I'm like doing it as you're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite hard. So belly gets expands. Back. And then when I exhale, then it get pushes in. It contracts. Yeah. Yeah. And, what and yeah. the only the only person or the only a newborn baby knows how to breathe properly. Mm. They know how to inhale and use their diaphragm properly and the belly expands and they, they breathe perfectly. And that's somewhere along the lines, like around five, six year old, like we change the way we breathe and we start breathing in a really, really bad way, which can cause a lot of harmful effects on our health. So, so in your opinion, what is the connection then between breathing and stress? Because we experience I mean, a lot of stress, right, in today's society in many different ways. Like Definitely. I mean, to start with, if you do shallow breathing, you're causing a lot of stress to your body, right? Mm. Your body is in constant stress. And when we're in uncomfortable situations or challenging situations, we hold our breath. Mm. Our breath is not getting enough oxygen, which will increase our blood pressure and can injure our body, right? Yeah. Like if you're about to get hit by a car, what do you do? You hold your breath. Mm. If you're in a challenging situation, you, you hold your breath. Um, I was on the beach a few weeks ago with a few friends. And all of us jumped into the water and we had fun and we were swimming. And, and there was this one guy. He wasn't really comfortable with swimming. He could swim, but he wasn't really comfortable. And I looked at him. And when he tried to swim... He was holding his breath and was and he was doing this rapid movement with his arms, which I think he thought was swimming, but wasn't really swimming, right? Right. And I was like, but you're not breathing. And he was like, Yeah, I'm definitely not breathing. <laughs> and that's a very um, typical thing to do, you know, when we're uncomfortable with a challenge in a challenging situation, we just stop breathing and that's not that's not um, healthy. Mm. 
as soon as he started breathing and, and was relaxed, he could, you know, do proper strokes and swim properly. Uh, and it made a huge, huge difference. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we breed. We were causing a lot of stress to our body when we're not, when we're not breathing efficiently. And if we start understanding how to breathe efficiently or properly, then we're improving our health and we are reducing the stress level. We become calm, we become more focused um, and more aware and more present in the moment. So it makes a huge difference to our, it makes a huge difference to our um, health. Okay. I mean, I think that's that's so important. And like you were saying also, like in situations where we feel uncomfortable, that the, like I was saying, like I hold my breath in certain situations, but it's a counterproductive because I am, I hold my breath so that I'm able to like focus on something, but uh -huh. really um, breathing and like pushing more oxygen into my lungs and my body and my cells in the right way is what's actually going to help me. Exactly. Yeah. So for instance, if you're lifting, if you're at the gym lifting, and if you hold your breath when, when you're doing the hardest work, that's really, really harmful, right? Because you're not getting any oxygen to your body. Yeah. And you're increasing the blood pressure, and you can get injured. So what you're meant to do, like when you're at your, when you start lifting, you're supposed to inhale, and when you're at your hardest point, you're supposed to exhale. But that feels very, very unnatural to do, right? So, so it's say that again. So when we're in the gym to increase performance, when we, you said when we exhale. That's when you're at your hardest point. So if you start by maybe lifting your weight, you inhale, and then when you lift, and when you're at your hardest and you're doing the hardest work, then you're meant to exhale. So you suspend your breath as you're lifting, but when you're supposed to do the hardest point, kind of like, then you're supposed to let go. And exactly. That, you. that gives you more power. Yeah. I really need to try that. <laughs> because I, I think the other way around, there's no research that supports one way or the other, but like the most important part is that you don't, that you don't hold your breath. Yeah. Interesting. That's so that's so interesting. And I, that's why I really think that this whole aspect with breathing is like a component in itself that we need to like learn and understand. It's like a practice within a practice. You know? Definitely. Yeah, that's super, super interesting because um, and again, for me, it just keeps coming back to like removing the ego and being like, OK, actually breathing is, like you said, a cornerstone of our health. And if we uh -huh. learn to breathe properly, then we can do all these other things in a better way as well. Train better, get into our yoga poses better, sleep better, eat in a more conscious way, communicate maybe in a more compassionate way. So it's, it's, it's just really important, you know? But I think a lot of us like still struggle with that. So you you shared something around, you know, uh, breathing in through the nose and kind of letting our belly, but you letting our belly kind of get bigger. So kind of blowing out our belly a little bit, and then we when we exhale, the stomach contracts. Exactly. Yeah. So can you give us a little some any any other tips that you have in terms of 
how we can practically breathe better to support our overall wellness. For instance, before I go to bed, I do a breathing exercise, which is basically I inhale to four. So I count to four and then I exhale to eight, mm. which has helped me a lot. That puts me to sleep straight away. So one, two, three, four on the inhale and then slowly you release like on eight. Exactly. Wow. And how many times do you do that? I don't know. Like that puts me straight to sleep like really, really quickly. So probably just like two, three minutes and uh, it's very, very effective. And I mean, what, so, so when you were learning how to breathe more properly, did you, did you have any, like put any reminders for yourself or any cues like to, because I think it's like uh, something that we need to keep like aware in consciousness. Cause when I sit down and I do my meditation, I breathe and I feel so much more expanded. I feel great. But like it, as soon as I leave and I go on, on with my day, I can forget easily. So like, have you, have you, do you use any like techniques or tips throughout the day to remind yourself as you were on this journey of learning how to breathe better? I think because I was doing it so intensely throughout my teacher's uh, teacher training. Um, like I started my day with Ashtanga yoga and Ashtanga yoga is a very intense form of yoga where we breathe very, very deeply throughout the practice. And the way we breathe in Ashtanga yoga is, is called Ujjayi breathing. So you inhale through the nose and down to your throat, and then you exhale through your throat, back up throughout your nose. So you create this ocean-like sound. <laughs> I'm trying to do it. That's why she's. <laughs> so it, it sounds like ocean, like the ocean, basically, and it's very loud. And like when you do Ashtanga, a typical Ashtanga class is for like two hours, mm -hmm. and you breathe like that for two hours. Right. And then after that, we had like half an hour break, then we had meditation. So I was practicing breathing for another hour. Mm. So I was doing breathing work for like a few hours a day. So for a month. So it became very natural for me afterwards to breathe in a certain way. But right. otherwise, I would just recommend people to use reminders on their phone um, mm. and also to remind yourself when you're in challenging situations, like when you go to the gym try to be conscious, try to think about how you're breathing. And when you go to bed, um, when you're walking, when you're at work, before a meeting, if you feel stressed out, think about, try to be conscious and try to remind yourself like, okay, let me just get my, my breath in check. Yeah. So it's kind of, it kind of makes me feel like breathing is also about being where you are, about being present. Like how can you breathe properly if you're not being present, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's quite interesting. Like as soon as you start breathing properly and um, belly breathing or abdominal breathing, um, you become a lot more present. Um, you have a better focus um, and like attention span. And you you get a lot more clarity, and uh, you're in the moment. It's it's a very powerful practice. It makes you wonder why it's so why no one really talks about it. Um, I think it's a very underestimate underestimated thing um, in wellness. Yeah, and it's like something that I'm really interested in is also like these, um, you know, very 
unfortunately very common diseases specifically within communities of color that are preventable but that we are you know um, experiencing a lot like I see that in my parents generation like diabetes has become so common hypertension high blood pressure has become more common cancer which is all of this is obviously related there's many factors going into this like the quality of our food you know food can be your poison but food can also be your medicine but I also think about like how all of this is um, affected by stress like this pace of living that we're we're, I feel like sometimes we're like going nowhere fast, mm -hmm. like a lot of us, like rushing to get from point A to B, to achieve, to produce, to deliver, to show up in a certain way. And that means that we um, don't pay attention to all the micro decisions along the way, like eating healthier, exercising, breathing properly. And all of this, in my view, accumulates to a lot of stress, mm -hmm. you know. Because that, that stress and that stress is a contributor to to all of these diseases that we've talked about. You know, obviously, I'm not like a medical professional. This is just from my own uh, observation, my own experiences, my own observation within my family and extended family. And I was like, yeah, it's this like constant like stress and like mental stress as well, taking in what's happening in the news, you know, at an excessive level, you know, being over invested in things that we can't control. Mm -hmm looking at, at, at some of that stuff, I think that stress is so important for us to create a healthier relationship to because it has such a detrimental, when we're stressed, we're not going to make good decisions about sleep. We're not going to make good decisions about food, about alcohol, about exercising. We're not going to be present. So like if we can find ways to like, um, balance out stress in our lives I think that we would uh, be healthier individuals and, and maybe be able to prevent some of these diseases yeah. um, I mean what do you think about that yeah you covered a lot of things um yeah. <laughs> but I think it goes hand in hand with meditation as well like um clearing your mind creating space in your mind so that you're able to make better decisions being more present um like, for instance, if you talk about our parents' generation, um, a lot of them are religious, right? And if you go to church and you have, you're not present when you're in church, then you're not able to receive, like, the full practice of going to church, right? So if you're able yeah. to breathe properly before you go to church and let go of everything else and be able to uh, have a good posture when you go to church, then that will change everything, right? And you're more present and you're more aware you listen more you have better focus you can concentrate on what the preach a priest is saying um so it changes everything so meditation breathing properly um i mean we only covered a few things what uh, proper breathing can do but it also affects your metabolism for instance if you breathe properly so definitely um i'm actually quite surprised that we don't talk about breathing a lot more than we do because it is really the foundation of our health if we start breathing poorly for instance then it affects our posture as well right and it's like our rib cage needs a lot of space to breathe horizontally because a lot of times we just breathe vertically if that makes sense so in order to use our full lung capacity we need to have a good posture 
and it kind of, I don't know, it's like catch 22 because you're just doing shallow breathing and you sort of, you know, get around the shoulders and you're not, you create this really, really bad posture for yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it does make sense because it's so interconnected, right? And I don't know, have you ever experienced like anxiety in any shape or form? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, for instance, when I was very, very stressed at work, um, I used to wake up. That was a short period. I would just wake up in the middle of the night, like someone was punching me in my stomach. And looking back at that now, I think it's because I was holding my breath and I was sleeping because I was stressed. Right? Mm. So it really just felt an accurate control that I didn't know what to do. So I didn't sleep, so it affected my sleep. I wasn't sleeping enough and I got really, really tired and I was stressed. And then because I was so stressed, I couldn't, I'm one of these people that when I get stressed, I don't eat. So because I couldn't eat and I wasn't going to the gym because I didn't have enough strength or I need to feel right to go to the gym. So yeah. my whole health just deteriorated. And I guess it is because I was holding my breath because I was stressed when I was going to sleep. So I was just constantly like unbalanced basically. Right. And I was thinking about that because obviously we are a mental health platform and to just talk about the connection between breathing as just as from our own experience, we're not mental health professionals, but like the importance of breathing and anxiety as well and, and how important it is that we create a relationship with like breathing mm -hmm. to be able to calm down our nervous system mm -hmm. and, um, help that like anxiety to settle down a bit right and, and that anxiety is on a spectrum some people need medication and that's totally fine but just I think that's something we don't talk about is that a lot of us experience anxiety but we don't always know that we are and um, we don't always know how to identify it or how to manage it but I think like um, a lot of us just get anxious and I think breathing is like a very simple tool that we have to be able to regulate like when we feel anxious. Exactly, but I think it's more about prevention. So if we, like when we, when we do shallow breathing, we're feeding in, we're feeding in stress to the body, right? We're creating anxiety. So it's like we wouldn't need to, if we were doing abdominal breathing, then we would be less stressed and anxious and all these things, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, so you're actually saying like instead of like dealing with, you know, you, you later down the line where you already have anxiety. Mm -hmm. so, so, so because some anxiety is preventable through lifestyle decision, not all, but some yeah. is, right? And, and so get ahead of it and stop feeding that stress into your body by learning how to breathe. Properly. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. That's such a interesting thing and for me that's very empowering mm. it just shows us that we have uh, a lot more to a lot more influence about our individual health than what we might think because I think a lot of us get stuck in this point where we're just I'm just so stressed I'm just so you know I have all these things going on and da, 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 da. and what you're saying for me is offering a way to deconstruct that and go back to like okay what is within my control mm -hmm. that can help me decrease my stress mm -hmm. and it's like okay wait you can breathe better mm -hmm. you can practice breathing mm -hmm. better make you more present that's going to help you make better decisions yes yeah. i think a lot of us are being reactive rather than like we do a lot of things when we are stressed or when we are tired like or 
when we think we need to go to the gym rather than making it a habit. Yeah. Like with my yoga, for instance, I try to practice every day, not when I need it, but just because I should do that every day to feel good. I don't want to go and, and I don't want to seek yoga when I'm feeling bad. I just want it to be, I, I just want to be able to do it every day. And I think a lot of times we do things when we're about to face a burnout or when we're really tired or when we feel a lot of anxiety or when we're stressed, but I think it's time to take care of ourselves before we get to that point, right? And create a, a better foundation for ourselves. So basically make it a part of your lifestyle, your daily practice or a regular practice. So I think that's really important to not be reactive, but rather be like, because I really believe in, like I said before, like my experience with burnout has changed my outlook on life, my outlook on health, mm -hmm. what I prioritize in my life today. It's been like four years now. And, and like what I deem to be important for me today is so different to what it was before, like burnout. And it's like, I need to be well. That's at the top of the pyramid. Everything else comes after. And but I do, I did understand very quickly that I had to make some radical changes because it's not a quick fix. I, I did that a mm -hmm. lot. Like when I was young, you know, I don't know. I tried so many different things mm -hmm. to get healthier, but really I think you need to get to the root of things. And I think you need to submit to making it a part of your lifestyle. It's not something that you're trying for a period of time. This is how you're going to live from here on forward. You mm -hmm. know? I agree. And you have to be very, very committed to do that as well. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm practicing yoga every day for this week and then next week I'm taking a break. Like, it needs to be consistent. Um, if you're doing breathing exercises, then you need to make it a habit. You need to make it consistently. Like, if you and what, is, what does it take to be consistent? Because I can imagine that a lot of people listening to this might be struggling with that, of being like, okay, that sounds great, but I really struggle with, like, being consistent what did it what did it take for you to get consistent well I, I did my teacher's training right so like that was really really intense but for me what made me do this teacher training is like I wanted to have a lot more discipline in my life so it's not just to make a habit but discipline like you need to be very very disciplined like even when you don't feel like it even when you don't want to you just have to do it mm. discipline is everything so I mean, a habit feels like, oh, I can skip today or, or like, or I'll do it this evening. But discipline is really what gets you going, I think. And I think that's such a, I love the word, word discipline, right? Because I think I believe in it. It's at the heart and center of how I live my life today. Uh, and discipline has helped me to increase my health and wellness in so many ways. But I think it's such an ugly word because people don't want to hear that, right? People don't want to hear like, discipline sounds like punishment. It sounds like <laughs> telling you what to do or somebody in school. It doesn't sound fun, you yeah. know? But I really believe that that is the cornerstone if you want to be healthier and we're not talking about the aesthetics we're not talking about like lose weight like mm -hmm. although that might be a byproduct we're talking about increasing your health and wellness from a holistic perspective which includes your mental health your emotional health your physical health all of these things your digestion your breathing it's really like a whole package right and we're just scraping the surface of this in this edition we need to bring Wayne back <laughs> another time but but really, 
at the heart and center of that is personal responsibility. Nobody's coming to save you. Mm -hmm. You need to, you need to commit to these things. And the other thing is discipline is like engaging in this practice, whether you feel like it or not, Mm -hmm. you know, and understanding that you're doing it because it supports what you want in the long term. You're building long-term health and that requires that we show up, you know, for our three sessions a week of yoga or like our daily breathing practices that we need to like commit to that. And I think, yeah, I think we don't talk about that enough, like how discipline is freedom in a way. Yeah. But then I think after, after a certain extent, it becomes addictive, right? Like I can't live without my yoga. I can't live without my breathing practices because it feels like something is off. I feel unbalanced. And I think that's a very good stage to be in, right? Like, I have to do my yoga, I have to do my breathing exercises, I have to meditate in order to show up in the world the way I want to show up, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I just think it really takes intentionality because I did over the summer, I did I was struggling a bit like during the, you know, uh, the murder of George Floyd and that kicked off a lot of stuff for a lot of us around like trauma around race and racism. And, and social justice and it was just a lot like with corona I had appeared during the summer for a couple of weeks where I was just like you know I just need to like auto regulate and start taking care of myself so I, I joined this um 40 day meditation practice it was a gosh I forgot what it was it's a kund- kundalini chanting yoga, mm-hmm. and it was focused on prosperity and it was really interesting because you really had to breathe and I realized how poorly I actually <laughs> breathe but the point is what I'm trying to get to is like doing that for 40 days was so hard and so freaking annoying. I would push it like until, you know, I would like have it in my calendar for 10 a.m., but I would actually do the thing, the medita- 15 minute meditation at like 10 minutes to midnight. I was so resistant, mm-hmm. but I did it for 40 days. And like I, the, the discipline, how I felt great after doing it for like 40 days and even during it, you know, but there was still resistance. And I think that's important to highlight that it's like, it's not going to be like, oh, yay. And I'm going to feel so ecstatic. And like, sometimes it just feels really shitty throughout the whole thing, but you still do it. And afterwards, when I had done the 40 days, I was like on a high and I can see, like, I noticed things in a different way. I felt calmer and it just made me realize, and I'm about to start another practice for myself. It's like, it is so important that we have like some type of like regular wellness practice, that it's really, that's the, that's the secret sauce. Like you need to like commit, even if it's like five minutes a day or whatever you have 10 minutes a day, it needs to be something that you cultivate, I think on a daily basis to, to, to remain connected in this world that is constantly pushing for our attention. I agree, I agree. Um, that was very well said and I mean it is an an uncomfortable process to begin with in the beginning and then as you start to learn and trust the process it it gets really really comfortable and uh, especially when you're able to see all the progress that you made and how you're changing as a person and the growth that you're making I remember when I was in Sri Lanka and uh, we were doing these pranayama exercises uh, different breathing exercises and uh, my everyone's belly was moving like really a lot throughout these practices and I looked at my belly and it wasn't moving at all they were like yeah it's because you haven't practiced it enough like we've been doing this for years I was like but why they're like oh well your diaphragm is not strong enough and it is a muscle that needs to be trained right wow 
And, and I kept looking at it, but I was like, no, but it's because I'm tiny. They're like, no, no, it's because you haven't practiced it. And now I can see it's changing and um, it's like the belly breathing type thing. Like it, it's moving in a different way than it was in the beginning. So I think it's just about like, we just really have to learn to trust the process and change will come and we will become better and we will see a lot more growth in ourselves. And the journey is not comfortable to begin with. Like being a beginner at something is never easy, right? Yeah, that's such good advice, actually. Being a beginner at something is like never easy, but start anyway. Yeah. yeah. And like self-compassion, right? To be kind to yourself on the journey. And removing your ego. <laughs> removing your ego. So uh, for my final question, I wanted to know, like, what what is your personal what is your personal connection been between breathing and spirituality? Wow. Um, I mean, when you breathe better or properly, then I think I've mentioned it a few times now, but like you become more present, right? You're more focused. Um, you have more clarity. And when you have more clarity, then you're able to become more spiritual. You're able to meditate a lot better. You're able to be in the moments. I think that's a crucial part of, of spirituality to be able to yeah, be present in the moment and focus and, and clarity. I think that's a crucial part of, regardless of what spirituality is, like if it's a religion, if it's going to church, like if you go to church and you think about something else, then that's pretty useless, right? Um, so I think we have to free up space in our mind and in our heart. And I think you can do that through breathing. Yeah, I think you can do it in conjunction with like, you know, you know, whether you're going to a church, a mosque, a Buddhist temple, whatever it is, whatever your journey is, like you can do it. Um, I think you can do it within faith. I think you can do it to, together with faith. You know, I don't think it's like a replacement. I think it's a good complement, actually. And you can also do it if none of that is your thing. You can also do it outside of that, right? Just on its own. But I think for me, when I do meditate, which happens sometimes, <laughs> um, uh, I just like notice, for instance, when you when I open my eyes again and like how everything looks so much more brilliant mm -hmm. and I can see colors better, I notice more things. So it just really grounds me. It makes me a lot more present. Mm -hmm. And I think for me that feeds into like gratitude and that gratitude into like spirituality and like what I believe mm -hmm. in, you know, a higher connecting power. And it, and it just allows me to tap into that more when I'm like meditating, which obviously means that I'm breathing better. So definitely and i think breathing and meditation goes hand in hand because when you meditate you breathe properly right yeah um so it goes hand in hand but yeah i think i think a lot of us just underestimate the power of, of breathing have you heard of uh, wim hof no i haven't um you probably have this guy that like the Iceman. uh is it, was he in the news recently where he goes like different places in like shorts and stuff? Is that the guy in like in very cold places and Maybe, yeah, but he, control, he controls his body temperature through his bre uh, breathing exercises and stuff. It must be the same guy. Yeah, actually, like, yeah. lakes and stuff and like it's, it's very, very impressive, but then you really understand the power of breathing when you see that. I haven't, I haven't seen his documentary or anything, but um, here in Sweden they have 
courses in how to do that breathing type of breathing. Okay. So it's called Wim Hof. That's his name. Okay. So W I M H O M. Yeah, I think it's from Holland or something. Okay, maybe we should link that in the show notes actually. But that again, like that shows you, like you said, the power of like how much we have, how much resources we can get access to if we start breathing properly. So just to recap, because we could talk to you all day about this, I think actually what we should, what we need to do is get on an IG live um, and have you guide us through some some breathing techniques. That would be awesome after we launch this podcast. But just to like recap on like for anybody that's listening right now that wants to breathe better, you were saying to I'll give it over to you. To um, well, first and foremost, when you breathe, you need to have a good posture, right? You need to sit straight. Um, good alignment with your shoulders, create space for your rib cage and your belly. You inhale through your nose. And as you inhale, you expand your belly. And as you exhale, you contract your belly and you exhale through your nose. So that's like the easiest way to, dis- to, to describe it, I think. So posture, you know, inhale through your nose, make sure your belly like expands and then when you exhale your stomach should contract exactly. right about that we're using our stomach abdominal breathing and just and also maybe also noticing you know i think like noticing is like the 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 thing that motivates us right is like how do you feel after you've meditated like notice like how you feel after you've done mm-hmm. this for a few times and that should be your carrot to like keep doing this as well definitely and like the posture is really, really important because you want to create space for not just your rib cage, but your organs as well when you breathe because it affects everything. So you don't want to slouch or like, yeah. <laughs> you want to you have a, a, a nice, long, straight spine. You want to create that space so that you can breathe properly and that you use your full lung capacity. Yeah, well, that's amazing. I think you've given us so many great things to like think about. And like you said, we're just kind of scraping the surface of this topic. There's so many interesting things like that. I, and I think we can have more conversations around this. Um, do you have any last advice uh, for our audience? No, I, I guess it's to be more conscious, like try to think about how you breathe throughout different situations. Like when you're happy, how do you breathe? When you're at the gym, when you're about to sleep, when you're stressed, um, and so on. Just try to be more conscious and aware. I think a lot of us just breathe without thinking about it. I read somewhere that nine out of ten people do not know how to breathe properly. Nine out of ten people do not know how to breathe properly. That's a, That should be an incentive for all yeah. of us. Do not ask me how they came up with that. Well, I think it's true, you know, to be honest. I do think it's true. Yeah. You know? We have a saying in yoga that ancient yogis um, said that we come into this life with a number of breaths. Mm. So, like, that should be, like, an incentive to to, de- to breathe properly. Because what we do when we breathe, like, when we do shallow breathing is we breathe fast. And we take a lot more breaths when we do that. But if you breathe properly... And, and deeply, then you will have a, a healthier life. Right, right. That makes so much, so much sense. And thank you for being on the show today, for 
teaching us and motivating us to like take more charge of our health. Um, I think this is such an interesting topic. And like I said, I think we'll probably follow up with an IG live or we'll do some of the more practical aspects. But this is a great beginning um, for our listeners, for myself, just to understand uh, how much more agency we have over our health when we start breathing health, physical and mental health. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story. With no, us. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. and thank you all for listening as usual we we appreciate you please share this episode spread this message um, of mental health awareness in our communities leave a review if you like what you're listening to leave a review share it with somebody we really appreciate you guys and until next time be well